Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Let's head out to Little Elm and Susan. Welcome to WBAP. How can I help you? Thank you. Uh, yes, sir. Um, I have been looking into getting a tankless uh, water t- water heater. Yeah. Honestly, tank. And I was looking at the Renai that had them on sale, and um, my water heater existing is um, gas. And so I've I've looked up all the the parts for gas and what all needs to be done in the wall and and whatnot like that. But I've um, I've gotten so many different quotes. One company, Plumber, uh, wanted almost eight thousand, and they wouldn't oh put it gosh. in unless it was it was uh, their product, a ream. And of course, they had um, about three hundred or four hundred dollars in there of their warranty for a year or two, something like that. So I could probably take that out. But I was just wanting to see if there was a good, honest company that would do that, and that. Um, and then that would know, um, like, about the recirculating and um, self-condensing. I've just been looking at all these things. I'm just looking over my notes right now because I just kind of, after I got that that quote, I just kind of got discouraged and thought, well, sure. maybe I'll just get a tank again. But um, it just seemed like those are the that's the way to go. And like you were talking with the last person about the faucets, if they're for resale, I'm not really wanting to sell it at this time, but mm. I think that that would be a, a good thing to have downstream if I did want to sell it either way. So I just want to get your opinion on that and somebody that knew how to install these things for a reasonable price. Yeah. Well, the tankless water heaters, uh, you know, they are more energy efficient. They uh, produce endless hot water, and I I've have yeah. one in my house. I love it. Um when when I go someplace that has a tank and and you start running out of hot water, I mean that's just not yeah. something you do when you have the tankless. It, it really does make a difference. So right. when you mentioned the recirculating, you must have been looking at a Navion system. Actually, this was the uh, Renai. What I was okay. looking at, um, but they wanted to sell me a ring. I have a ring tank right now, and he said that that was the number one, and I just. I didn't know if that was true or not. Well, I will tell you that they are probably the number one on sales, mostly because they sell a lot to builders. And builders typically don't buy top-of-the-line stuff. They buy what they can get at at the most reasonable cost. So, uh, But there's nothing wrong with it. Um, But you mentioned the uh, recirculating, and you mentioned the, uh, oh... Uh, the condensing. condensing, yes. Self-condensing. I put you, down, I want self-condensing. Yes, you do, because that okay. is way more energy efficient. Uh, okay. they, they, the, and what you want is one that is so energy efficient that it'll let you vent it with PVC instead of the double wall stainless steel. Uh, vent with PVC? Yep. What about the vent that I already have on my uh, tank right now because it's gas? I'm going to uh, be getting another gas tankless. As long as it's it's as as long as it's the right size, that would be fine. Okay, and that might be the problem because they were telling me that 
they didn't know if they could use it or not. Right. Um, well, and they got to look at it. And again, uh, uh, the reason I'm being specific on that uh, PVC, I'm not saying you have to use PVC. I'm saying you want it to be able to use PVC because some of the tankless water heaters are not as energy efficient as others, and they're they're running uh, so much heat through it, they got to use a double wall stainless steel, and that's what they're talking about, that they may have to change out to that. But if you get the right yeah. tankless, you don't have that issue. So you can go with a ream if you want, but Renai and Navion are the two that um, can you spell that, that I that, like. Is it N, is it N as a Navion? Is it with an N? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, N-A-V-I-E-N or I-A-N. I can't remember now. Okay. And Spe- then, spelling and then is not my I. forte. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I heard at least the first couple of letters right. And then... Uh, the Renai is all right in your opinion as well. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. and they had said something that they were going to have to charge extra. Uh, I think because of the of the gas uh, behind the wall from where it goes in the garage into um, where it. Um, I have a third car garage, and that's where my uh, current tank is. Okay. And I think, and then then at the second car garage, that backs up to the laundry room and a bedroom. But and then it's insulated, so they were saying something to the effect that they were going to have to get a, uh, some more um, expensive piping that he had to run in there up, up, up about six or seven feet, something like that. Does They're that wanting to like run. Uh, they want to run a bigger pipe, maybe. Yeah, maybe that because was what he was a lot of the the tank type water heaters would use a, a half inch, some of them even three eighths inch gas line. And, right. Uh, tankless now it used to be tankless had to have three quarters but um, most of them have have uh, upgraded to where they only need a half inch line now but that's probably what they're talking about is uh, they may have to get a little more gas coming to it now this is going to be just a, a little side note that uh, you know Easter's coming next weekend and uh, there, there's certain times of the year where contractors are typically looking to finish filling their schedules to keep the, all their crews busy. Uh, you know, when you get into December and around Christmas and New Year's, nobody wants their house worked on. When you get around Thanksgiving, nobody wants their house worked on. Um, and Easter, people don't want their houses worked on. That's the time of year where a lot of people are having family over and friends and, and stuff like that. So if you're uh, in been thinking about getting a project done and you already talked with a contractor and you know you're kind of putting it off until after the holidays this is the time of year that's a lot of times you know you can call in and possibly get a little bit of a discount if you'll do the job now and I I realize that Easter's just next weekend but it's going to be this coming week and the week after Easter that are typically affected. So just a little side note there if you want to give your uh, contractor a call and see if he can work something out with you. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Let's head to Waxahachie. Debbie, how are you today? I'm great. It's such a beautiful day. You have to you have to be feeling good for at least that reason. Absolutely. 
Jim, I have a um, a 70-year-old home. It's one of the Sears homes. And it was, um, I purchased it in uh, 2019. It was a flipped house. And um, it it was in real bad condition. They took off a lot of exterior boards. I think it it had had uh, aluminum siding before um, mm. they started rehabbing it. And um, I noticed from the time I moved in that the board below the French doors, the exterior board below the French doors. Um, wasn't uh, holding the paint, and it soon uh, appeared rotting. And it's just it's just gotten worse over the period of the last few years. And uh, finally, I decided I had to do something about it. And so um, yesterday, I tore out that um, that rotten board, and the board behind it is really, really rotten and just falling apart. I mean, I could pick it apart with my fingers. Mm. Um, and um, there's nothing underneath that but the dirt. Okay. And this is a, you know, a pier and beam house, as you might imagine. But but oddly enough, there are areas where the um, the foundation is solid going going around. Okay. So I'm just wondering how do I proceed because I have nothing to nail another board to, and I'm concerned now that you know I don't have proper support for that sure. uh, part of the wall. Well, I hate to tell you this, but that rotten beam's got to be replaced. Right, I know. And so know. there's two ways typically it can be done, and it's going to depend on how everything is put together, but. Normally, what's going to have to happen is the siding comes off of it, uh, and then you put a temporary beam on the floor joist behind to support the structure, and you're able to pull that beam out, slide the new one in, and then the siding can be put back on. Okay, and so um, I, I knew I was in trouble when I saw the, the board behind it being all rotted out. I mean, I knew... You know, it was going to be a real structural issue. Um, so who who would do that? Uh, typically, that's going to be a foundation repair contractor that does the beams. Or if the house is, you know, level, then uh, really any carpenter can do it as well. Well, I know that they had some some piers put in okay. uh, when, when they were redoing the house. And I haven't noticed any, I mean, that doesn't mean it can't be off a little one way or another, but I haven't noticed any, um, you know, uh, places where it's sure. lower than others. So um, I'm, I'm inclined to go with a foundation repair company. I know you have one. I do, and we do service uh, Waxahachie. So if you want to call Due West Foundation Repair, uh, our number is 972-406-0912. Okay. Now, um, in addition, um, the the paint job on this house um, started going bad as soon as I moved in. So mm -hmm. I contacted the guy that did the, the rehab, and he came and repainted. Some places he did it properly by 
waiting for the um, the primer, not the yeah the primer to dry before you know giving it a day before before he tried to put the paint on. And then there are other places where he did it all in the same day, which I know is a problem. You know, just just being a homeowner, and so that part of the we have paint chipping all over the house now, all okay. over. Um, is, but is it chipping or is it kind of blistering up and coming peeling off? It, it's it's blistering. Okay, it, it's blistering. It'll come off in in. Um, sometimes it's almost like a part of the wood is coming with it, yep. but that could be because there are several layers of paint. I, I don't know. Well, um, there is a a fungus that gets into uh, some of that old pine. And mm-hmm. once that fungus is on that wood, it will not hold paint any longer. And what happens is when you paint it, it'll stay for about a year, and then it'll start bubbling up. And when it bubbles up, it's usually like a, about a two-inch diameter, and it, it just uh-huh. blisters off. And there is no chemicals or anything you can put on it to, to fix that. It's just it, you end up replacing that wood. Yeah, this this um, this paint job went bad on the new wood too, though. Okay. I mean, immediately. Yeah. Then then but, something was done wrong. Yeah, yeah, and it was done wrong twice. Yeah. So I mean, I don't, you know, I I mentioned it uh, the second time it went wrong. I saw the contractor doing work in, in on another house in the neighborhood, and I you know stopped and talked to him and. Um, you know, he said he blamed it on the paint and, you know. Uh, Debbie, I, I got to take a quick break for news, traffic, and weather. If you'll hold on, uh, I'll finish okay. helping you out with this paint and stuff. And I was uh, talking with Debbie in Waxahachie. And, uh, Debbie, we, we were talking about the paint on your home and, and the fact that, uh, you know, it can blister off that way. What I'm really wondering, uh, you know, because you mentioned that, that it happened on new wood as well. I don't think he's he's mixing and matching the right primer and paint, and they're probably not compatible with each other. I don't I don't know. Um, it was happening on the trim, so uh-huh. I decided to to do the trim myself. Um, and this has been um, not last summer, the summer before, and so I just got some kills and and primed it with the kills after you know scraping it a little bit and. And uh, and then I put, um, oh, gosh, I forget what kind of paint I put on there, but I got a good paint. Uh-huh. It was, I don't think it was Sherwin-Williams. Uh, it may have been a Lowe's product. But Probably Valspar was, then. Yeah, I know Valspar is what was used to paint the uh, the rest of the house, you know, the, the colored part of it. Well, Valspar uh, is a, it's actually a, a pretty good paint. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't know. All I know is what I see. But sure. But I have not had my trim job peel. Yep. And that's all new wood. I Like I said, I am betting he did not use compatible materials, and that's the reason it's peeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if that's the case, what's going to have to happen is the whole house is going to end up being scraped down. Uh, right. and and try to get as much of that off as you can and then it's going to have to be uh actually sanded to feather all those ed- edges or they're going to look like heck through the paint and repaint right. everything 
Somebody suggested to me that you would put a filler on there. Uh, you can. I, I personally don't care for it that way uh, because it's uh-huh. so thin, it tends to be brittle and come off. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't, it just, I don't know, it just didn't strike me as, you know, being something I would want to do. Yeah, if, if you got uh, a little hole or dimple or something, then the fillers work fine. But when it when it's just the thickness of paint and stuff, it, it's just too brittle. Yeah. Now, what about one of these products like the new spray or the, uh, not Ready Seal, what's that other one that's a real heavy paint? Well, SprayNet spray net has some uh, some good coatings for this type of project as well. And and those are um, it's it's a thicker paint, right? In some cases, yes. Uh, on, okay. If you're doing a coating like this, it would be a little heavier. Yeah. Okay. Um, does that sound? Am I am I thinking correctly that that would be you a are, better and, idea? And typically. Those are going to have, uh, you know, better warranties and a bigger company standing behind them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so, do you have a recommendation for? Are, are we talking SprayNet here, or what? Yeah, are we... you can get, definitely give SprayNet a call and talk with them uh, because they uh-huh. got different products for all different types of materials, mm-hmm. and uh, they would definitely be able to help you out with something like this. Or should I? call just a painter uh, a good painter and then he he goes forward with with what he thinks is well best that that's really um when you deal with like spray net they are a painter it's just they're using a high-end product and as much problems as you've had i think you need a better product than just regular paint at this point yeah i'm i'm losing patience sure. with um with all this you know and and you know this is a nice nice older neighborhood and my neighbors don't particularly want to look at my house all peeling up all the time i'm gonna tell you a quick story just just real quick i, I went to <laughs> on a cruise uh just a, a couple weeks ago and uh we we went me and my wife went down to the bahamas that was it's the first cruise we've ever been on and so mm-hmm. we went on a on a tour bus, and the mm-hmm. tour guide down through the taking us through neighborhoods and different things in in the Bahamas. And he says, "This is not a good neighbor. They they don't take care of their house. Look at how messed up that." <laughs> I was just rolling, laughing. If if somebody did that here, they would just be hung out to dry. But uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Well, they'd come down my street and they'd say, "Well, this is a really nice neighborhood, but this one over here, yep. they, you know, they may maybe not quite on their game." Yep, <laughs> and that's exactly what this guy was doing. It, it was hilarious. But yeah. look, give give Spraynet a call. It doesn't cost you anything to talk to him. What's the uh, number? Yeah, uh, let, well, let me get that for you. It is eight seven seven forty five spray. Eight seven seven forty five spray. Yep. Well, I'll have to go look at my other phone to see what numbers coincide with spray. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I have to tell you that about this time last year, 
my daughter and her husband, who live in Dallas, uh, were, were moving for him to go to school for a year far away from here. And uh, so it was a big deal, and they have two babies, and, you know, it was just a big deal. But they, they are very much a do-it-yourselfer people, and so uh, he went to go get the, the U-Haul truck, and it was a bigger truck. Um, and when, when he was backing down the driveway, he ran into the corner of the house. Oh, with no. The truck, which I, I shouldn't be laughing, but it, it is. I mean, he and my, my daughter, my daughter just kind of really went, was very unhappy about it. <laughs> I bet. Running into the house. And so she called me and she said, you know, Mom, Eric ran into the house of the truck. And who, you have a roofer we could call or what What should we do? So I gave them the number for Arrington Roofing and another roofer that I uh, have heard on um, uh, the garden show, um, Neil Sperry's show. Uh-huh. And so she called them both and Arrington came Pretty quickly. I think it was just a few days. I mean, this was like a weekend when it happened, so it couldn't have been more inconvenient. So uh, they came out and they, you know, repaired it to where it wasn't going to be uh, a problem, you know, while they were gone. Yeah. So yay for Arrington. They, They came through. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it it ended up being pretty good. Well, Debbie, you have a wonderful afternoon, and uh, good luck with the uh, paint. Okay, thank you very much. You bet. Take care. Joe and Weatherford, how can I help you? Yes, hi, Jim. Thank you for answering my call. Uh, I live out here out in the country. We have a well, and I've got a, a water softener system uh, for the that's inside the house, uh, so everything inside is going to be protected. But I was wondering about if I should be adding a uh, like like a sediment filter before the water softener, uh, like some of those twenty inch. No, uh, and you know, and the the water softener will take care of any sediment that comes into it, so you shouldn't okay. have to worry about adding any type of sediment filter or anything like that. Oh, okay, okay, great. I, I was just wondering if we needed to do that to help. The water yeah. softener lasts a little now. So. If if uh, your company who you get it from or something says something about it, then yeah, maybe you need to look at it. But unless you're getting just a a ton of sand or or something coming in, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, okay. I actually had a sediment filter on my house before I put the softener in uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, because I was I was getting enough sand it, it would clog up my shower heads, and I actually took that oh. off once we put the water softener in, and it's been fine. Oh, that's great. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Having a good weekend, and thank you for your show. You as well. Thank you, sir. Let's head to Missouri City. Jack, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, Jim. I have a question about air conditioning and heating. My home is two-story, 2,700 square feet, and in, in the den, the den is about 25 feet high. But what the problem is, let's say during the winter time, I might turn the AC, I mean the heat on, let's say, seventy-five degrees. Right. And some of some of the rooms are comfortable, 
and then some of the rooms are cold. Yep. But I'll take my temperature gun and I'll, you know, take the temperature from uh, the little, uh, you know, the outlet where the heat comes out of. Mm-hmm. The register. And it, yeah, the register. It'll give a reading of, let's say, 74, 75, but the room is cold. Yeah. You, Do you have not, any idea what might be causing that problem? In, in those same rooms come summertime? Do they stay warmer than you want them? Nope. I mean, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, what's happening is you just, the air is coming out at the right temperature. You're just not mm-hmm. getting enough air. So how do I correct that problem? Uh, that's where uh, an AC contractor comes in and does what's called balancing the system. And so okay. what they end up doing is putting dampers uh, near where the plenum, that's where the unit is up top where all the uh, ductwork goes into. Right. And the, the typically what happens is the ducts that are short uh, end up getting more air going into those rooms. So they get the temperature you want or sometimes too cold in the summer months. And the, the rooms that are further away don't get enough. So you choke the air off a little bit going into the close rooms so that more air is pushed to the further away room. That's that's exactly the way the room – is that an expensive uh, project? No, not at all. Okay, is this something that your company does? Sure. Yeah, you can call us at uh, Due West Air Conditioning at uh, 713-475-0004, and we'd be more than happy to take care of that for you. Okay, and one other question. Sure. Uh, uh I just came back from uh, spending a month in the Dominican Republic, and I'm, I'm going to build a second home there. Okay. And I, no- I noticed that the way they build homes there, they'll pour concrete slab like we do, but they, like we frame houses with wood, they only use cement blocks. Yep. We use, uh, uh, we, you know, we do our walls with uh what what's the the material? The sheetrock. Sheetrock, sheetrock. They yeah. don't use sheetrock. They uh, they only use the cinder block, and then they'll you know smooth it over. Right. What what's the difference? I mean, which is a better way to build a home? We're cheap. A what? Huh? We're cheap. Is that what, it is? <laughs> uh, what it really comes down to is the cinder blocks actually hold up better to the hurricanes and stuff because they get hit hard there. Uh, if you go mm-hmm. down to the Bahamas and you know all those little island areas down and through there, they're they're building the same way, and um, so it does cost in our area cost a little bit more to build that way, but it does build a more solid structure that uh withstands those storms and stuff we just don't build them to to do that we build them with the the stick construction and start strapping everything together it's just a different building code but it's it is okay the the initial construction is less expensive for what the way we do it here and that's the materials we have gotcha all right i'll give you guys a call about that balancing system then Alrighty, I appreciate that. 
All right. Thank you. You bet. And, you know, one one other aspect that goes into it is the energy efficiency, because I, I actually had a building that was block construction, horrible on the energy efficiency. Uh, the insulations we put in and stuff uh, keep our energy bills quite a bit lower than when it's just a plain block construction. The insulation makes all the difference in the world. Gary in Sugarland. Yes, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good. I have a question about how close can trees, live oak trees, be planted to the slab of a house. If you if you're planting a new tree, how close to the house can you put it, and do they cause problems? A an oak tree will cause problems with a foundation, and what you want to look at is the drip line when the tree is full grown, because the roots of a tree will reach one-third to one-half further than the drip line of the tree. And so typically it takes 18 to 20 years before the tree is really uh, causing any noticeable damage to a foundation. And that's the reason most houses don't experience foundation problems till they're 18 to 20 years old because... Uh, you know, they require two trees in the front yard, and that's typically where the problem starts. Right. Somebody told me that the perimeter knee wall would keep those roots from going under the house. Not at all. Not at all? No. Okay. I, I, I'm under houses all the time, and the roots are there. I figured you would be a good person to ask. Yeah. Let me ask you if you're building a house and there's an existing tree. Oh, I'll tell cold. you what. I'm going to put you on hold, Gary. Uh, i got to take a quick break. When I come back, let's address that. Gary, you were asking about uh, existing trees when a new home is built. Right. The soil has already had moisture being taken out of it by that tree, so the soil is in a shrunken state. So you want to keep that tree alive and as close as possible, keep it to about the same size that it is. You know, that's You can do that by trimming the canopy and stuff. Because every leaf requires that tree to take so much moisture out of the soil. By keeping it the same size, the soil moisture content should stay fairly consistent. But if that tree dies and it's a sizable tree, the soil will start taking on moisture and actually pick the foundation up higher than you built it. Right. Uh, let me ask you, when you put down a root barrier, they normally go down 24 inches or how far? Uh, when I do root barriers, I go 36 inches. The 36 the roots are typically things. in the top 18 inches, but if you only go 24, they will go underneath that. Right. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate your information. Thank you, sir. James, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Got a, got a good question for you. We've got a, a foundation that it's got a 2% slope on it. It has moved. 20-some years ago, the house is built in 93. 20-some okay. years ago, when the crack occurred, somebody went in and filled the crack with grout. It's still as tight as it was the day they did it. Okay. Um, this is about in the middle of the house. There are no rafters, nothing in the attic in the framing that's moved. Do they? And they've also had a sewer scope. Everything was fine. Okay. Do 
do they just have to have foundation repair? Well, you say it's 2% off. Uh, yes. How many inches are we talking? Uh, probably about an inch and a half to two inches. No. Okay. Now, when foundation repair is typically done, because quite frankly, inch, inch and a half, it could have been built that far out of level. Uh, typically, if you're having a foundation problem, you're going to see cracks in the drywall, brick cracks, uh, you know, uh, doors out of alignment, things like that. Now, the time frame that your house was built, because you say it was 93? Yes. That is typically uh, uh, on a grid pattern. The the beams in the foundation are no longer following the uh, support walls. They just put it like a waffle and build the walls where they want them. And uh, those slabs are normally rigid enough that when it does move, it moves as a whole unit and just leans. And so we don't see all the cracks and the door shiftings and stuff like that that you see on slabs that were, say, from the 80s and earlier. But if if a house is tilting all the way across, inch, inch and a half, uh, you're typically okay. You start getting into the two-inch, people are now feeling it. And at, at that point, yeah, you, you typically need to start being ready to address it. But do you have to do it right now? Absolutely not. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll tell you, the, the worst one I ever did was 18 inches slope across the house. <laughs> uh, I went across one that actually made me sick to walk, to try yeah. to walk across all the different. But this has got a few minor drywall cracks. Um, the owners say they've been there for years. They've been there. They haven't changed. Yeah. Um, and, and it's being used for a nonprofit. Okay. And I'm just going, no. Of course, they, they've had foundation repair people out, and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we can fix this and level it, level it out. Right. And they're looking at $50,000. Yeah, but uh, like I say, you don't have to do it right then. Uh, you know, typically it's how much can you tolerate before you want it done? And the numbers you're talking about, especially on a on a nonprofit situation like that, it doesn't have to be done right away. That's my opinion. So I just, you know, you do this all the time. Wanted to get a second opinion. I appreciate your time and effort, sir. All righty. You take care. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Look, I say this a lot. Foundation repair is not an emergency situation. You know, there's a, a lot of things that you do that it's urgent you get it taken care of. Uh, when your air conditioner breaks down, you want it fixed. I mean, you're going to get hot if it's not fixed. But when the foundation acts up, hey, how much can you tolerate before you want it fixed? And as it moves, is it going to create more damage? Absolutely. So there will be more things that have to be repaired, but it's not going to fall down on top of you. And there are companies out there who will try to tell you, oh, yeah, you don't want this stuff shifting around falling. That's that is not the norm by any means of the imagination. Dustin, how are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you for my call. Hey, my pleasure. Glad you called. How can I help you? Yes, sir. I've got a house in Galveston that's on Pylons, um, on a canal, and I feel that it's 
it's not quite level. It feels like it's kind of dropping towards the canal. Okay. And I'm looking for a recommendation of someone in the Galveston area that I could call to come and uh, have a look at it. Oh, I, I don't think there is anybody. You can sell it to me for a dollar, and I'll take care of it. <laughs> uh, it's yours. <laughs> you are uh, probably 100% correct. Uh, some of those uh, pilings tend to start sinking uh, once in a while, but a lot of times it's not even sinking. They start to decay, especially on the water side. Now, do your pilings go all the way to the bulkhead? They do. Yeah, and those are the ones that are notorious for they start to deteriorate and rot in the middle right there at the water surface level. And uh-huh. and it, it literally starts crushing on itself. Um, God. Gotcha. There are a couple of repairs that can be done for it. Uh, in one case, they literally jack up the structure a little bit. They have to put... Uh, temporary supports underneath cribbing to pick it up and then replace the pole if that's possible in some cases they encase the pole and actually pour concrete to to it and it it all depends on how all your stuff is put together and and the space that's available to work on it um as far as contractors who are available uh you really would just have to call the guys who install the pilings because I don't okay. know anybody on the island who does it. Okay. Well, fantastic. I'll give them a call and uh, see what they have to say. All righty. You take care. Thank you so much. Bye. And that is a common problem, uh, whether it's on the island or on Lake Conroe. Uh, you, when you've got the poles that are supporting the structure on the bulkhead water comes through the bulkhead they are not watertight they're not meant to be watertight Uh, and so it gets in there and and what happens is the water levels going up and down tend to get the wood wet wet and dry wet and dry and over a period of it's it's not months years it's it's really over a period of decades it will tend to start to deteriorate and that's where you start running into uh a little bit of it. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.